Hey everyone, welcome to The Daily Word. I'm really glad that you've joined me. And for our Daily Word today, we're going into the Gospel of John, chapter 2. And I want to share verses 9 and 10 with you, and then let's, let's talk just for a few minutes today about the miracle of the grace of Jesus Christ. When the Master of Ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then, when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. Now, I'd like for us to dig into some of this just rich symbolism in, uh, in this story. But first, what I want to do is, is invite you to see this, this interaction between Jesus and his mother and Mary. Uh, I'd like to ask you to notice his deep respect and affection. Um, it's not my time yet, but she says, no, do whatever he says. He can do something about this. So consider his deep respect and love for her, how he honors her. But then also would you see how she has just such great confidence in him that he can do something here. He can fix this, right? And, and it made me think of um, Luke chapter 2, verse 19. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. All of these interactions with people, with the shepherds, with the wise men, uh, with, with Simeon and Anna at the temple, and, and then later uh, Jesus um, staying at the temple as they leave, and then they have to look for him, and so... My goodness, what she experienced uh, as Jesus grew uh, as a child and then into adulthood and, and then watched him enter his public ministry. Uh, God, God bless her. Now, if you would, um, consider the rich symbolism here. First, the symbolism of marriage. Uh, we see this in the scriptures used as a metaphor, marriage as a metaphor for the relationship of God with, uh, with his people. And then, moving into the New Testament, uh, same kind of thing, of Christ and his church. So first, I'd, I'd like to share with you from uh, the book of the prophet Jeremiah, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. The Lord gave me another message. He said, Go and shout this message to Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember how eager you were to please me as a young bride long ago how you loved me and followed me even through the barren wilderness. As a young bride, he says. And then if we turn over into the New Testament, into uh, the uh, letter of Paul to the church at Ephesus, this is chapter 5, beginning verse 25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's Word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church, without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. And, and so we see here that, that the church is the bride uh, of Christ. And as we think about then the wine at the wedding, the wine is, is greatly significant. We uh, know that as Jesus 
establishes the Lord's Supper, commands us to remember him in the Lord's Supper, uh, that, of course, wine is symbolic of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. From Mark chapter 14, beginning verse 22. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. Now, what we understand as we go through the scriptures is that covenants were ratified, uh, were ratified with blood. And the water uh, in these purification jars that we're reading about here, uh, in, in, my, in my understanding, those purification jars, the water there represents really uh, the old covenant. It is uh, about living by obedience to the law, depending on our obedience to God. But what we see is that no matter how we try by human effort, to measure up to God's standards, to make ourselves righteous before Him, to cleanse ourselves of our sins. There, there is never enough of that water. There is no, never enough of human effort to actually cleanse us of our sin and make us right with God. But Jesus has come and He has given us a better covenant, a new covenant, that is entered by the forgiveness of sins and then is lived out in love and obedience as we're transformed by the grace of Jesus Christ. We read about this, this covenant also in the book of the prophet Jeremiah. This is from chapter 31, beginning in verse 31. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I love them as a husband loved, loves his wife, says the Lord. Did you hear that again? But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. You see, this is the transforming grace of Jesus Christ to forgive us and then to so transform our hearts that we are the sort of people who more and more naturally obey the law of God. We, we are broken of our rebellion. The power of sin is broken over our lives and we are freed up more and more by the grace of Jesus to follow the law of God. It is in our hearts. And so it, it is not, as in the Old Testament, the imposition of our will so that we might uh, we might fulfill the law and thus make ourselves right with God. We know that we can't make ourselves right with God by observance of the law. It's just simply not possible as broken human beings. 
And yet, God has made a way for us to be saved, forgiven, and transformed. And so we do not obey the law so that we might be saved. We follow the Lord. We follow His Word because, in fact, we are saved. And we love the one who first loved us. Truly, friends, God has saved the best until now. And we give Him thanks for this new covenant entered by the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Praise be to God. Amen. Amen. And friends, until we get a chance to speak again, I pray that God would bless you and that He would keep you.